I remember a couple of years ago when uh, New Zealanders were making their mass ditch across the ditch uh, to Australia when they decided that Australia, somehow there was mass delusion, they thought Australia was the promised land. And so they all started going over there. And my family decided that while the going was getting good, they'd get going. And so they jumped across the ditch as well. And what they were expecting is that they'd be met over there with a new life. They'd be met with new opportunities, apply for new jobs, become new people. They were all excited about embracing the new that this new, com the, that this new country had for them. But there was a problem that existed in that the, because though they were went over to experience a new life, they were still encountering the same issues, the same problems, and the same realities. In fact, it was for this very reason that we started to live by the saying, same reality, different country. And you can go ahead and insert your own language into that because we weren't saved and so our language was a bit colourful. But for the sake of Sunday service, same reality, different country. And what we meant by that is that you can struggle with finances here in New Zealand, travel a whole couple of hundred miles away and still encounter the same financial situations that you were stuck in in that last country. You can struggle with certain behaviours, sin patterns or uh, habits or attitudes that you had in one country, change locations and still end up in the same struggles or habits and behaviours in that new place. And see, so often we can approach a new year with the same likeness. We treat a new year as if, oh, in this new year, these things are going to be all of a sudden going to be new. We say things like this, new year, new me, new year, new goals, new year, new opportunities, new year, new person. But again, the same can be said. Same reality, different country. Same issues, different hours. Same problems, different year. Same pressures, new day. See, the truth is this this morning. There are people in this room and you still haven't even made it into 2023. Why? Because while we're here in 2023 physically, there are people in this room who have emotionally, uh, uh, their affections, their emotions and their attentions are still stuck in that of the past. See, maybe you're in this room this morning and you're living today based on the missed opportunities of yesterday. Maybe you're living in the regrets of yesterday, the, the lost friendships and relationships of yesterday, the situations and shattered dreams of yesterday. And in fact, the opposite experiences are true. There are people in this room who haven't made it into 2023 because you're still living on yesterday's victories, still living on yesterday's promotions, yesterday's accolades, yesterday's achievements. And there's this tension there that lies between this, between the people or where we want to be and the experiences of our past. In fact, if you found yourself in either of those groups this morning, friend, I want to encourage you, you have found yourself in the right place because each and every single one of us have been in that place before. You know, I want to encourage you because it's by the word of God this morning, because it is to this very thing that God speaks to the people of Israel about. And we're going to look at a scripture this morning that Pentecostals know and love. Uh, but let me set a bit of context to the story, a bit of context to the scripture. Here are the people of Israel. They're now captives to that of the Babylonians. They're unable to move into the freedoms that God has for them in their future because they're too stuck in the experiences of their past. And so we pick up the scripture in Isaiah 43, verse 18 to 19. You can go ahead and follow along on the screen. It says this, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wastelands. God bless the reading of his word this morning. See, here are the people of Israel and they're battling between this tension of embracing the new that God has for them because they're too stuck in the experiences of their past. In fact, I want to preach a, a message which I've titled this morning, Embrace the New. Everyone say, Embrace the New. Embrace Everyone say it like you believe it, Embrace the New. Embrace See, I really believe that too often 
as a people. I, do, I, I believe that too often as society, we're good at wanting you, but we're not good at embracing you. In fact, we only have to look at today on Palm Sunday to see how easy it is to want you, but how hard it is for us to embrace you. See, the people of Israel, as Jesus entered into Jerusalem, the people cried out, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And then days later, the same crowds cried, crucify him. See, Jesus came to bring something new to the people, but the people wanted new. But as the new happened, they didn't want to embrace the new. And I'm here to tell you today that God wants to do a new thing. See, God is doing a new thing in the nations. There's such a stirring of hunger and expectation for Him that is building. God is wanting to do a new thing in His church. God is wanting to do a new thing in the hearts of His people. God is wanting to do a new thing in you and I this morning. And if you find that hard to believe, then let me precipice this whole message on this one hinge thing. Is this, is God is the God of new. He's the God of new mercies. He's the God of a new day. He's the God of the new covenant. And He's the God of new expectations. He's the God of new tongues. He's the God of the new song. He's the God of the new heavens and the new earth. We serve a God who is the God of the new. We serve a God who is about to do a new thing. So the question we need to begin to ask ourselves is, God, if you were doing a new thing, then how do we embrace the new that you're doing in us, through us, and all around us? Great question. I'm so glad you asked it. <laughs> well, here's, here's what we got to ask ourselves. See, the, the truth is this this morning. In order for us to embrace the new, we need to forget the past. I'm a champion. I'm a bit of a king at forgetting the past. Ask my wife. She tells me he forgets my birthday. He forgets the anniversaries. She, a certain wife of mine, I'm not going to name who she is, uh, but she likes to be the queen of remembering. She remembers when I forget to put out the trash, forgets when I uh, likes to remember all those things. And I just look at her and I say, "Hun, the word of God says, forget those things. But, you know, the truth is this, in theory to forget sounds great. We like to think, man, we're good at forgetting. But we also know that in practice, it isn't always easy. See, it requires a sacrifice. But here's the thing. If God calls you to it, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It just means it's going to be possible. If God calls you to move into a new season, if God calls you to move into a new job, it doesn't mean that those things are going to be easy. But when God speaks, what it means is it's possible. You see, when God says, forget the former things, forget the former things, this word is made up of two Greek words, uh, zakar and al. There you go. That's all the Hebrew you're getting this, this morning. Uh, but in fact, those two words put together would be better rendered and translated and understood as the phrases, don't keep talking about, don't keep dwelling in, don't keep recalling to mind, and don't keep mentioning. Perhaps this morning, I want to ask you a question. We, I wonder this morning if there are a few of us in this room where you don't need to keep talking about, some friendships and relationships you don't need to keep dwelling in, some experiences you don't need to keep recalling to mind, and some history and some stories you don't need to keep mentioning or living in. See, I believe one of the greatest footholds we give and allow the enemy in our life is by recalling to mind our history, is by giving him the weight of our story of the past. You know, he likes to come into our world and he'll tell you stuff like, that great achievement you made back then, that's the only great thing you'll ever achieve in your life. He'll come into your world and he'll say, that failed business idea that didn't work out, give up on it. Give up on your dreams. Give up on the hopes. It's never going to work. He'll tell you things even worse, like God already forgave you once. Who are you to come back to God and ask him for forgiveness again? 
He'll tell you, you aren't walking with Jesus. In fact, you're going to turn around the corner, trip up in the next stop, trip up and fall back into the same person that you used to be. Here's the truth this morning. Anytime that you believe the lie, you empower the liar. Let me say that again because that preached better than you responded. Anytime you believe the lie, you empower the liar. See, the enemy will use your past. He'll rehash it. He'll put some sprinkles on it. He'll make you believe it and he'll keep you confined and stuck in it. But I'm here to remind you this morning that God isn't only the God of second chances. Come on, somebody. He is the God of new beginnings. In fact, let me prophesy this verse over you. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. Again, God's speaking to the new thing. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. Friends, you know what that that means this morning? That means you are a new creation in Christ. In fact, you need to understand today that anytime you revisit the person you used to be, you're reimagining something that now no longer exists. Let me say say it like this. Anytime you relive and recall and dwell in the stories and the history of the past things that you used to do through the blood of Christ, you're now reimagining something that no longer exists in the same condition which you left it. Forget the past. So you better believe this morning that God has so much more for your life today and for the future He has for you than you'll ever see through the limitations of your past. See, forgetting the past doesn't mean having spiritual amnesia, like suddenly you're going to wake up one morning and go, who am I? No, no, forgetting the past is about disempowering the weight of that historical story over your life and future. Let me say it like this. It doesn't mean that that is not a part of your story. It just means that it doesn't have to be the themes of your story. Just because it was in the last chapter of your life doesn't mean that you have to keep reliving the same chapter in this new season of your life. See, often we hear the scripture and we think God's speaking about forgetting the past. We associate it with the negatives that we've encountered. But in fact, if you look at the context of this verse, yes, God is speaking to those negative things. But you, what you've got to see is that God is also speaking to the positives of the past. See, this is what God says a few verses leading into the verse that we read this morning together. This is what God says in Isaiah 43, verse 16 to 17, two verses prior to what we read. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. See, what God is saying to the people of Israel is, Israel, I have done many great things in your journey. I delivered you out of captivity before. I caused the events of the Exodus to take place. I parted the seas and your enemies I defeated. And then God says those famous words, but forget the former things. Forget the great exploits which I've done because those things aren't gonna hold weight in the new season I have for you because I am doing a new thing, says the Lord. See, Israel had become familiar, but they were familiar with the wrong things. They were familiar with the way in which God had moved in their previous situation, unaware and not familiar with the way he could move in their current situation. Israel had limited the height of God's power and what he could do to the confines of how he had done it in the past. They created a ceiling where God had created a platform for him to move. Let me ask you this morning, is there any place in your life where you've begun to limit the height of God's power to the way in which he's moved before? Forget the past. Everyone say, forget the past. Secondly, this morning, in order for us to embrace the new that God has for us, friend, you're going to need to get perspective. Everyone say, get perspective. perspective. Touch your neighbor, tell them, get perspective. 
touch the other one you forgot about and say, get perspective. Uh, there was this young couple that moved into a new neighborhood and the husband and wife came down one morning and they sat at the table and they started to have breakfast. And uh, to the shock and dismay of the wife, she looked out the window and she said, look at our neighbor. Look how filthy and mucky their washing is. She goes, does she not know how to do laundry? Did no one teach her how to wash any clothes? And the husband, like you learn after five years, he sat there and he said, yes, dear. Um, and so this, this was a daily routine. They were doing this every single morning. The wife would get up, say, look at that filthy washing. Till one morning, she woke up and she was shocked. She was amazed. She was flabbergasted. That's a big word. She looked out the window and she said, my goodness, husband, look at that. Her washing is clean. And he, deciding that he was going to sleep on the couch for the next two weeks, he decided to muster up enough courage to say, well, wife, this morning I got up and I washed our windows. Perspective. See, here's the thing this morning. I really believe that many of us are looking through the muddied windows of our own vision, our own will, our own plans, our own agenda. We're not seeing the clear thing that God has for us because we're allowing the things that are happening in our life to get in the way. See, sometimes I think that when we look at this word new thing, we think that God's saying next thing, or he's saying the better thing, or he's saying new things. But in fact, what I really believe God is saying to the people of Israel and to us today is I'm not giving you new things. I'm not releasing next things. I'm doing a new thing. Perhaps you're in this room this morning, you'll be praying, God, change the job. Give me a new job because the job I have sucks. Uh, the people I work with, they suck. My management sucks. The customers suck. Ask yourself, why are you at that job? And then God's saying, I'm not giving you the next thing in a new job. I'm doing a new thing in your heart. In fact, I'm going to give you a new response to the people who I've called you to in this season. Perhaps you're in this room and you've been praying, God, I'm single, ready to mingle. I've been lonely for as long as it feels eternity. And you're saying, God, give me the next thing in a future wife, future husband, future spouse. But maybe God's not saying, I'm giving you the next thing. He's saying, work on the now thing. And I'm going to do a new thing, but it's going to be in the relationship that you have with me, building intimacy with me so that I can create in you the person uh, who can marry that person in the future. See, God is doing a new thing. God is about to do a new thing. We're out here praying, God, give us next things, but God is saying, I'm doing a new thing. So have you ever noticed this morning that while we're out here waiting, God do a new thing in the form of the next thing? God is always working on a new thing, but he, doesn't, he does it often in the same thing. See, God says this to the people of Israel. While you're in the wastelands, I'll provide streams. While you're in the wilderness, I'll provide ways. See, God's saying to them, I'm doing a new thing in the midst of the same thing which you're walking through before I move you into the next thing that I have for you. A few months ago, I was, I was on a drive on the motorway. Um, my wife had my child, which was great. Um, and so I went on a, a drive, as, as you do as a dad, and I was on the motorway and I was heading to the beach and I took the wrong turn off and long story short, I noticed myself walking up the steps of the museum. Uh, and then as I walked around the museum, I began to cry. Uh, because two reasons. One, I was like, Kaylin, you're only the lonely. Where's your friends? Why are you here at a museum? Uh, second reason was because more profound. But God was speaking to me. He said, Kaylin, you got so caught up in your problems. He said, Kaylin, you became so focused on your little world. He said, you're fixed on the things happening in your life that you lost sight of the bigger picture. You lost perspective. And then the Lord simply invited me back by saying, Kaylin, come see things as I see them. Come get my perspective. Eternity's perspective on all the things which are happening in your life. See, I want to encourage somebody this morning. Isaiah 55 verse 8 to 9 reminds us of this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, 
Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Could I remind somebody this morning that God's plan for your life is far greater than the plans that you may have mustered up, that you may have started to write out as New Year's resolutions. See, I wonder today how many sleepless nights, how many broken hearts, how many disappointments and pains that we could avoid by first seeking God about His plan rather than jumping ahead on our own, seeing things as the King of all eternity would see them. In fact, if you read the entire chapter, what God is trying to give the people of Israel is perspective. Now, I'm not going to read the whole chapter because we've got limited time, but let me just remind you of some of the things which God reminds them about. God reminds them that they are called and chosen by Him. God reminds them of who they are and what He had called them to do. Perspective. God reminds them of who He is, His character, His nature, His plans, His authority. He gives them perspective. God reminds them of His position throughout all of the things which they'd encountered before. He reminds them of His power and His authority. He gives them perspective. God reminds them of the great things which He'd done. Perspective. And in fact, then God makes sure to remind the people of Israel that He was the one who was about to bring about the new. God was making it clear and putting it all into perspective that the new thing, friend, has nothing to do with your ability. The new thing has nothing to do with your strength, nothing to do with your merit, nothing to do with your effort, nothing to do with your striving. It's clear by God's word that God in His wisdom, in His grace, in His strength, in His power, that He is the one who initiated it, He is the one who was in the midst of it, and He is the one who will complete and fulfill it. See, this leads us this morning to recognize this, if the keys could join me, is this. In order for us to embrace the new that God has for us, friend, we need to give up and go after God. Give up and go after God. See, God is the one who will do the new thing. Friend, this thought alone should bring you liberty and freedom. It should bring you freedom from any stress, freedom from any pressure, freedom from any of the plans that you're trying to strive and achieve all that you may be feeling this morning. God alone, He is the one who will do the new thing. And here's the truth. If God Himself is doing a new thing, if God Himself will make a way in the wilderness, if God Himself will make streams in the wasteland, then it's God Himself that you and I must pursue. And the promise is this, is that as you pursue Him, you will see what God is doing and you'll experience the new thing which He has for you. And in this, friend, is the beauty and power which lays within our text this morning. See, what you've got to understand about our text is that this is a beautiful invitation from the heart of God Himself, a loving Father who is inviting us into closer relationship with Him. Here's what He's saying. He's saying, come into close proximity to me and you'll see. Come into closer relationship with me and you'll see. Come into this deep and meaningful thing that I have created you for, relationship with me, and then you will see the new thing. See, here's my encouragement for you as today, as your encouragement, as you walk with Him. Here's my encouragement for anyone in this room who may be striving. Give up. Kaylin, you came all the way from Manurewa today. They invited you. What? What's about? They invited you to tell us to give up. Give up. Here's what I mean. Give up chasing opportunities after opportunities in your own strength. Give up, give up, give it over to God, go after Him and He'll open the doors. 
Let me tell you this morning, anyone in this room, give up chasing person after person, relationship after relationship, friendship after friendship. Instead, let me encourage you this morning, give up. Give it over to God. Go after Him. He'll open the doors. Give up trying to climb ladders of success or promotion this morning. Instead, give up, friend. Give it over to God and surrender to Him. Go after Him him and Him alone and He will open up the doors. See, I really sensed in my spirit this morning to, to, to declare to you, stop pushing open doors that God Himself never opened. Instead, give up, go after God, and God will open up the right doors in His right time. Friend, God is never late. I really, want to, I really want to encourage somebody this morning. God's never late. He has perfect timing. See, you will, this, here's the truth. You'll only ever see the new thing to the extent of that which you're willing to give up and surrender to God as you go completely after Him. You know what my prayer for 2023 has been? My prayer for 2023 has been, God, make me nothing so that you would become everything in my life. God, make the dreams and the aspirations and the things that I've been pursuing in my life nothing so that You would become everything in my life. God, today, I pray that You would make us as a people of God nothing so that we would experience You and You alone, You and everything that You have for us today. See, I don't mean give up on trying. I don't mean give up on your goals. I don't mean give up on making an effort. No, those things are great. What I'm rather saying is give it up if it's at the expense of going after God. Give it up if the Lord wasn't a part of the planning of it. Give it up if it's not drawing you into closer, intimate relationship with Almighty God. Hear me today, friend. If God is not in it, then it's not worth doing. See, Proverbs 19.21 reminds us of this. Many are the plans in a person's heart but it's the Lord's purposes that prevails. His will, His ways, His plans, His provisions, His promises, Him and Him alone. Give up and go after God. And so I wanna invite you right now, would you mind just closing your eyes across this place? Here's what I want you to ask. Have a moment with the Lord. God, where in my life have I placed my will, my agenda, my vision, my plans ahead of your plans? And God, would I sacrifice those in an altar today in complete surrender of the plans, the vision and the will that you have for my life? Why don't you just take that moment? Ask the Lord, really search your heart this morning.